We have a special guest speaker today, Brother Edmund Wanganee, um, who's been recommended by Brother Steve Shaw in Ballarat, so we're looking forward to the message that he has for us. Um, yes, that name, you may, you may recognise the name, he's associated with the footballer. So, okay. without any further ado, I'm going to ask Brother Edmund to come forward and, uh, and share what the Lord has put on his heart, and uh, bless us with God's word this morning. God bless you. Thank you, brother. Bless you. Well, it's a, it's a privilege to be with you in the house of the Lord this morning. Like our brother shared, my name is Edmund Wanganine. I'm an Adelaidean. Somebody said, who do I barrack for? I take great joy in announcing that I barrack for the Almighty. He's called the hot Tom Pantocrator. Those that are part of the Greek family, but to us that are in Australia, he's called the Almighty. So I've been a, a, a servant of the Almighty since the 16th of May 1982 at 10.30 in the morning on a town called Port Lincoln. So I grew up as an Amalekite or a Jebusite or a Canaanite or an Ithite or a Horonite. I grew up all those ites, but I didn't grow up in Christ. And so on that day in a town called Port Lincoln, uh, Christ came to me and he's never left me. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Amen. And so it's been through his grace and his mercy and through his tender loving kindness that I'm able to be here with you today. I feel quite honoured and privileged that somebody would recommend me because if people knew me from my days when I wasn't in Christ, I was, what could I say? I do want to concentrate the, the emphasis on the Lord, but I suppose for the sake of um, knowledge and for um, people that might meet me for the first time, Perhaps my life might be a reflection of what your life may have been, or it may even be that way now. But the person that I was, I'm not the person today. I grew up as a, an Aborigine. I grew up aiding a lot of white people because uh, the whites have had everything and us blacks were always sort of like left dragging the chain. I grew up in that type of belief, in that type of uh, ideology in life. I grew up with alcohol. I grew up on an, on an Aboriginal reserve, as they called it, or a community, or a mission. I grew up fighting. It didn't matter how tall or how small we were. We had to fight for, uh, I guess, for our lives. The more fights we had, the more respect we gained. It wasn't a matter whether we were tough or... or um, or strong, it was just a matter that we weren't weak. So I grew up in that type of thing. We grew up playing football in what we call the plantation. If the guys didn't hit you, the trees would. So, uh, so most of us learned how to spin and turn and, and dodge the trees. So some of those trees were bigger than Paul Salmon and Terry Danner and other people that I happened to meet a few years back along the journey. And... Uh, so I also grew up as a, as a, as a gambler. Uh, 
when you don't grow up with Christ, you, you tend to bet on Flemington and Caulfield and Sandan and Mooney Valley. We'll just use those names for the people that might be aligned with that type of lifestyle in Melbourne, that type of culture. So I grew up with that cultural type of background, you know. Um, yeah, gambling was, um, was bigger than Texas to us. I also grew up with drugs. I became a drug addict when I was about uh, 16 and uh, we started off on marijuana and then uh, we ended up in the pigsty of, uh, of being an addicted uh, drug addict and I used to sell uh, pounds of marijuana to people, uh, the Greeks and the Italians used to give it to me in Adelaide, not for nothing, they always gave it at a price but then I used to what we call three or four times my money on, on, on buying off them. So I was kind of a business person in the drug community. Um, all these things I was, I am not anymore. I was also probably what you'd call a guy that liked ladies. I, uh, being young, um, saw all the pretty girls and thought, well, gee, I'd like to go with all of them. So... I come from that type of back. Well, when there is no God, that's the way you think. If there's no God in your life here today, you may as well go and do it all because that's all you got. That's all there is. And when I became a little bit older, after being a Christian for a while, I got back into business and I chased after money. And I did that for a few years. I fell away from God. And... I can say to you now that money is not the answer either. I'm 63 years of age. I'm getting near the end of the journey now. My departure is at hand. I'm about to go to be with the Lord. The Aborigines died 20 years younger than the wider Australian community, so my departure is at hand. So I count it divers' privilege that I'm able to be here with you today to tell you the unsearchable riches of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad that I'm here to tell you that you can be confident of this very thing, that if Christ is in your life, you can be confident that he will perform and he will accomplish the things which he purposed because he sends the word of God to the heart that believes in it. So if you know Jesus Christ today, or should I say the Lord Jesus Christ, it's good to identify him in his title Jesus is his saving name. Christ is his anointed name. But Lord is his title. The Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Yesu in the Greek or Yoshua Hamashiach in the Hebrew, Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So you can confess him Today, if you're saved, you already do confess him. If you're a visitor like me today and you don't know Jesus Christ, then Christ will speak to you this morning. Because the word of God is alive. The word of God is powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God pierces and divides and cuts the heart to the quick that everybody will hear the word of the Lord. And you will either receive it or you will reject it. If you receive the word, then God will be your saviour. 
He will be your Lord. He will be your master. And you'll be his child. You'll be his servant. And you'll be saved. If you reject the word of God and you're here today, then God will be your judge. The Bible says that God will judge all those that reject him. John writing in his letter to the Revelation says, And I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it from whom the heavens and the earth fled, and there was no place for them. And I saw the books that were opened, and the dead, great and small, stood before God, and everybody's name whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. They will be cast into the lake of fire. So for those that are saved or those that are being saved, heaven is your home. Heaven is my home. If you're here today, God is calling you to be saved. And if you reject God today, you are going to go to a devil's hell. And you're going to go there not because Christ sends you there, because Christ has come. He loved the world so much that he gave his life that whosoever would believe in him would receive everlasting life. So the message is not a stern message to anybody that's not saved. It's a loving message. The message shines brighter than these lights because God is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness, and he's not willing that any should perish, but that all, in the Greek it says pas pasapan, which means all in the Aussie linga franca. Everybody God wants to save. So if you reject Christ, you reject him on your own esteem, not on the esteem of Christ. Well, somebody's probably wondering, where's he didn't they get this linger franca from, this bibliology talk? He was talking about drugs, he was talking about alcohol, he's talking about gambling. He's gone from one extreme to the other. He's talking about God. That's what happens in your life when God comes into your life. You know, old things pass away. Therefore, if any man, woman or child be in Christ, they become a new creation. And everything from that former life... I don't hate whites anymore. I actually have a pie and a pasty with them these days. <laughs> it's hard to believe that I can actually love them particularly when you come from my type of background. You know, there were some of us that said the only good white was a dead one. <laughs> I shiver when I think like that. To think that he who knew no sin had taken my sin, somebody that aided him and everybody else, because I never grew up with God. I said, Jesus Christ is a white man. What's he going to do for me? But when Jesus, or should I say when my Lord Jesus Christ revealed himself to me, he showed me that they that worship the Lord worship him in spirit and they worship him in truth. God is the spirit and they that meet the Lord, they meet him in spirit and they meet him in truth. And so that's what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for me. I'll close the um, the introduction about my miserable life, and um, I will say since I've become 
a Christian, or since Christ saved me, he sent me to a Bible college. So I happen to know a little bit of the bibliology now because uh, I spent five years in a Bible college. It was called Adelaide College, or I should say it is called present indicative active, as they say in the educated circles, you know. I was uh, educated in bibliology or theology at the Adelaide College of the Ministries, which is in downtown Adelaide. Most of us wouldn't know it, you know. We said Springvale, or if we said Juan Turner, or if we said Bayswater, or if we said Coburg, or Bell Street, we might know where the place is, but the geography is different. It was in a little town called Adelaide that God took me to a Bible college. I spent five years there, and uh, this is where I am at today. That was in 1988, so I, I graduated from Bible college. Six years later, I was born again in 1982, and six years later, I had uh, come out of Bible college, and uh, by God's mercy I've been serving the Lord hopefully in humility and in gladness so uh, we'll just have a word of prayer eh? and then we'll talk on the Bible Our Father in heaven Lord we are rejoicing in our hearts to be in the house of God here we thank you for Faith Baptist Church at Faulkner we thank you Lord for the pastor of this church and his wife and his family we thank you for the sheep that he ministers through. We thank you, Lord, for those that are saved and those that are being saved and those that will be saved. And we pray, our God, that all of us as a church and as a family, that we might stand steadfast in the liberty where Christ has made us free, that we may not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We pray also, Lord, that we keep our eyes on Christ, looking unto Jesus, as the writer of the Hebrews says the captain of our salvation, the pathfinder, the pioneer. We pray, our God, that the weapons of our warfare would not be carnal now, but mighty through yourself. Cover us in your precious blood. Hide your speaker behind the cross. Give us free discourse in the Holy Spirit. We ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. When I got the, uh, the green light to come and share the unsearchable riches of Christ with you. You know, like 20, 30 years after being with Christ, you think, well, what can I preach to this church? I don't know, I'm from Barra Soap. So what can I possibly say that they might want to be encouraged by or be admonished by or be exhorted in? And I thought, well, we can go to the book of Revelation and, we can roll back the tide there and talk about how John was taken up into glory and he saw things which must come to pass. And I thought, well, what about when Christ was walking amongst the seven churches? We can talk about Jesus in the midst of his church on that day and how Christ is still in the midst of the church on this day. And the Lord was sort of like saying, keep going. I said, well, I'm sure they don't want anything on Greek. They don't want no studies in Greek. Hopefully nobody's Greek in the congregation. No offence to anybody that is. But Greek's a tough subject. Bit of Hebrew, well, maybe some Jews, but no, we don't want to go down that path. God said, tell them 
about my word. You see, the grass is withering, the flowers are fading, but Isaiah said the word of his God is standing forever. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he spoke to the Israelis of his day and he spoke to the Romans and he spoke to the Greek world, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never, ever, in the Greek, it's like that, never, ever, ever pass away. So we have a world and a society today that wants to listen to everything else but the Word of God. We have people in schools and in colleges and in politicians and in the police forces and say you're not allowed to talk about God around here. By the way, it's ironic, you can talk about every God and his dog except this God that I'm proclaiming today. They will let you talk about the gods of the world. But you think about it. Why is it that you're not allowed to mention the name of Jesus Christ unless you say it in a slang way, unless you say it in a derogatory way, unless you say it in a slandering and accursed way? You know why you're not allowed to talk to him? You know why you're not allowed to talk about him? Because his name is like dynamite. His name exploded in my heart on the 16th of May, 1982, and he's name is exploding in the hearts of all the world today. And it's all because of this, that God so loved the cosmos. Not the Jew. It doesn't say God so loved the Jew. He loved Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, but he also loves the world. And he loves everybody in it. And that's why when you just go down to your job tomorrow and you talk about the Lord Jesus Christ and while they might reject you, I'm going to say this to you, God's Spirit will be rejoicing in your life. You'll be able to go down Sydney Road doing handstands all the way down to Broadfoot claiming the mighty name of the hot ton Pantocrator the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be able to go down Glen Ferry Road or you'll be able to go down Ascot Vale Road or Mooney Ponds or wherever you want to go. You can go out to Curram Downs where St Kilda is today and you shout forth the name of him who's called you out of darkness and everybody will be stunned. And you may even win a soul to Christ because that's the type of people that God uses. God don't use deadbeats. God's people are alive because the word of God is alive. You know, when I went to Bible college, they said to me, if you preach a message that's not burning in your heart, well, let it burn in the waste paper basket. And so I was excited when I came in this morning. I checked your pastor over. Don't worry about that. I, I wanted to see whether he had the distinguishing marks of a man of God. Am I coming in amongst the, the idol worshippers of this world or am I coming into God's kingdom? I might say a word of discernment on my behalf. I think he's a man of God. 
You see, when we know the Lord, we know those that belong to him. Amen? And hopefully you might say, we'll have that black guy back again another day. I'm not sure whether I'll be able to make it, but, you know, the thought needs, hopefully it'll be positive. So we want to talk about the Word of God. And your pastor said to me that Psalm 19. I said, no, 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 it's Psalm 19, 7 to 11. He said, no, 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 our church loves the Bible. So I'll read the whole psalm. You can understand I'm not going to argue with him, am He's the five-star general of this church. You think I'm going to say, hey, come on, pull your socks up? He's the coach of this team. So I said, all right then, that'll be fine. Well, see, Psalm, this makes the sermon a little bit longer by doing what he did, so I hope you brought your lunch today. They used to it, Joking. Psalm 19, verses 1 to 6. Now, I didn't prepare on this, but David is sitting on those Judean hills. Can you ride along with Christ in the Spirit and with me? He's on those Judean hills down there, and he's laying back and he's looking up at the sky, and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God comes into his heart because you see, it's the Word of God. It's alive, it's powerful. And it came into David's heart, and he says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter a speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge, for there's no speech nor knowledge that hadn't been given by God. And there he set himself in a tabernacle like a sun going forth. Well, that's the general revelation of God. When I was a kid, when I was unsaved, growing up on York Peninsula on a fishing community, in the summer's night we'd lay outside and sleep, and I'd look up and I said, God made the earth. And you see why 28 years later I knew, I, I didn't know, but I can see now that he chose me from the foundation of the world. Because... Even as a little boy, I said, God made the moon, the sun, the stars, and everything in it. We have people of the intelligentsia today, the scientists, the sociologists, the biologists, the chemists, uh, you name them. Just go down to RMIT or go to MB Melbourne University or Monash or wherever they are, and they'll all talk about their degree. You don't have to be a person that has a degree to know that God created the heaven and the earth and everything in it. you just got to be someone like myself. It's as simple as that, and I'm uneducated, I'm unlearned. I'm not a part of the aristocracy, I'm a part of the Aboriginal race. But praise God, I'm also a part of the Almighty's congregation, and that's why I'm here today, to be with you. To tell you what he's done for me, he'll do for everybody. So that's the background, Psalm 19. This is what the brother, I've got a bellow down the canyon now, I didn't even study for it, so I hope you receive it. But verse 7 is the part where it speaks about the special revelation. Now, special revelation is different to general revelation. General revelation, God gives to the world the most ungodly person in the world knows that God created the heaven and the earth 
And if they don't say that, that means they're just rejecting the truth. Amen? Get an amen there for that? But special revelation is for those that belong to God. It belongs to those that love God, to those that search and seek after God. David said, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so too did my heart pant after thee, O God. I think it's Psalm 42 somewhere. And, you know, you've got to have a seeking heart. Matthew in his gospel said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and some of these things, a little bit of these things, all of these things will be added unto you if you seek the Lord. And take no thought for the morrow. The morrow take cares of the things of itself. There's enough things that God wants you to do today. I mean, I often marvel at the Christian and he comes to church and he's looking at the clock, he's looking at the, or she's looking at the clock, or she's looking at the pastor and saying, wind it up, wind it up, you know. Women have got power like that, you know. <laughs> I'm one of those men that's married to a woman. I know that they've got power. <laughs> Praise God for the men that say, keep your seatbelt buckled, honey. You know, we're riding along with Jesus. <laughs> the law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. It makes wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. It enlightens the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. You see, brothers and sisters, that's a, a condensation of what the whole Bible is about. The law of the Lord, the Torah, is the Hebrew word. Our English Australian word is the law. It's the law of God. It's the law of God. The testimony, the witness of the Lord is sure. You know, there's a lot of things in this world that's unsure. Just for you Melburnians, I would say that Hawthorne would be not 100% sure that they're going to take out the 2016 grand final. There might be some football people in Melbourne, I Oh, yeah, it's quite a cult following over here, you know. Some people say it's bigger than Jesus. Oh, people say that. You don't like to hear that? Well, I'm only just passing on what people say to me. I'm not a Melburnian. I'm an Adelaidean. And you know when you're an Adelaide, <laughs> the crows are bigger than Christ. They called Malcolm Blight the Messiah. Some of you might be old enough to remember that type of player. Going back, a, it's not white paint in my ear, it's actually grey hair. So I go back to remember that guy, you know what I mean? And I was astounded when I heard that Malcolm Blight's bigger than the Messiah. They might be saying that about the, the little man at Hawthorne because that's all he really is. He might be a famous man. But don't be mistaken, he's a little man. 
him and Zacchaeus and them all fit around the same type of effort together. What am I saying to you? I'm saying to you that nobody's bigger than Christ. Nobody's bigger than the Lord. Jesus is my leader and I'm here to encourage you you make Christ your leader. You make Christ your master. You make Christ your God. And you'll know the love of Christ and you'll be able to share it with everybody. The law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. The word convert means to transform. It means to refresh. It means to... It, it just means that it, it changes people's lives. There's prostitutes down in Melbourne, in the city of St Kilda, and out in Dandenong, and probably over in Footscray, probably all around Melbourne. The word of God will change their life. And you probably know some of them. They might be friends or relations to you. Nothing wrong with that. They're only people. They're trying to earn their living. That's what they think is their job. I was a drug addict and I was out selling the drugs saying, this is my job. This is the way I earn my bacon. This is the way I get the KFC for the kids and the McDonald's sell a couple of pounds. I'm selling Jesus now. And hopefully you might be encouraged that I'm being brought here today through somebody else's invitation to bring me. Hopefully you might be encouraged. That Jesus transformed my life. He changed my life. And you know what? You want to know something else? He's still changing my life right now. I love Jesus. I love the Lord more than I ever, ever loved him in my life. And that's why I said to that dear person at the back, when they said, who's your favourite football team? I said, Christ is my favourite football team. Now, I know I'm being cut into the quick, maybe, but that's the way I want people to know me as. I don't want to be known as somebody that loves anyone else. I love the Lord because he first loved me. He brought me back from the slave markets of sin. I was in bondage to drugs. I would have been dead now. Is there anybody here that want to dispute that? Everybody else I know that is a drug addict, they're all dead. All the people I grew up with playing football, all the girls that I knew that were druggies, they're all dead. Christ said, because I live, so will you, Ed. And Christ is saying that to all of you today. You go over to Jerusalem, the grave is empty. The tomb is rolled away. He's alive and he's alive forevermore. You go over to Arabia and see Muhammad's grave. He's still there. He's still intact. And you see everybody else's grave who they say. I'm not going to mention their names because there's no other name given under heaven whereby men might be saved. But you can go and see. Isaiah said all the gods of the people are idols. 
I don't serve an idol. I serve a risen saviour, he's in the world today. I don't know much of the other song, I wish I was like that singer, but uh, you, you, you know who I'm talking about, eh? No matter what I'm doing, he walks with me along the way. And he's walking with me right now. I am walking with my saviour. And I pray and I encourage you folk, particularly if you haven't walked with him before, to start walking with him from today because Jesus is coming. How's that one? That one slipped out there, Pastor. The Lord Jesus is coming. And he could be coming before I finish the message. I was talking to a sister she was smiling to me prior to the message and she was talking about the things in sociology and the things in psychology and all the ologies that we could think of. But the beautiful thing is, is that Jesus is coming. I'm not getting very far in the message. Let's get on with it. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. See, I'm supposed to be a preacher, not an evangelist. A preacher preaches the word. I'm being like an evangelist. I'm throwing out the seeds of life. The Bible is discussed much in today's society. Amen? It's spoken about in our social life. It's spoken in our political life. It's spoken in our economical and our religious life. And for today's message, we finally got to it. Hallelujah. Lifted up was he to die. It is finished, was and cry. Now in heaven exalted I, the sufficiency of the scripture will get us by. So let me say... Let's look at the clock because I think I'm going to run out of time. Liberal preachers. You know any of them? I meet them all the time. The last one I met, I said, you're going to hell. I said, you're a son of Satan, you. And he looked at me and he felt like getting up and hitting me with the old pea bow, you know what I mean? Hit me high, hit me low, hit me with the old pea bow. And I said, brother, before you lay a punch on me, remember Christ might strike your stone dead where you're standing. Oh, he put the fist back, you know. Oh, maybe God was holding his fist back, brother. <laughs> He's the same God today, yesterday and forever. Yeah. And I said, you know what, brother? You grieve my soul. I said, you're a grief. And I said, you know what the word grief means? You call yourself a preacher. What does the word grief mean? I said, there's two meanings. One, I'm grieving because I love you. Because God loves you. And two, I'm grieving because I hate what you're doing. I hate the wickedness of your life. That you're telling people about Jesus and you don't even know Christ. You're here for money. You're not here for the Messiah. You're here for the almighty buck, Jack. Get on your bus. Hit the road. Go and get a job out in the world. Don't come into the Lord's house bumming and scrounging off the Lord's people. You come back and get saved first and then God will let you be a preacher. Liberal. They tell lies. They lie to you about God. And that's how come most people are confused. Because people are lying. They're in the pulpit. They're here. Ooh. Thank you, Lord, I'm not one of them. And hopefully you'll agree with me. Others say, oh, we can't believe the Bible. You can't believe the Bible. I mean, you know, we can believe in uh, 
Tom Sawyer, we can believe in uh, Pythagoras and Aristotle, and we can believe in this, and we can believe... Listen, you can believe anything that you want to believe, but it doesn't change the Word of God. Because the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word of God is alive, it's powerful. The Word of God will stand forever. The Word of God was standing, it is standing, and it will stand. It will stand when everything else passes away and God has given you the opportunity to serve this God. He's given you the opportunity to worship this God. He's given you the opportunity to live for this God. I saw a Christian the other day in Melton. He said, my name's Dr. So-and-so. I said, oh, nice to meet you, Doc. How's things? Anything happening, you know? What's happening at RMIT, you know? He said, well, I'm not allowed to tell anybody about Jesus. I said, well, you better find another job. You can't be a Christian and keep your mouth shut, can you? God says, open your mouth and I will fill it. You'll fill it with the word of God if you open your mouth for him. God will do those sort of things. Oh, mate. The true believer in the Bible will come to understand this. If you really love Jesus Christ, and you can only love him when he comes into your life, when you ask him to be your saviour, you will say, God breathed out scripture. God. The word all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man, woman or child of God would be complete, would be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work, God, he breathed out scripture. He's breathing out scripture in my life. He breathed out scripture in Moses' life. He breathes out scripture in Jesus' life. He breathes out scripture in everybody that walks with him, everybody that believes in him. So if you don't want to believe the word of God, go to a church where they lie about it. Go to the churches and the places where they lie, where they walk along with all this and that and that. They're liars. And somebody needs to say it. And you know, Ed Wangany knows when he's talking like this, I might be going to be in my saviour a lot quicker than what I expect. But the Bible teaches us true love casts out all fear. The Bible teaches us, don't fear him that's able to kill the body, but fear him that's able to kill both body and soul in hell. The Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the dynamite of God unto everyone that believes, to the Jew first and then to the Greek, for therein, for therein, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith just as it is written by God, the just, the righteous. They live by faith. Don't succumb to working on Sunday. Don't succumb that you've got to do what your boss says. You've got to do what Christ says. And if you do what Christ says, listen, even if they kill me, I'm going to be doing handstands on Hallelujah Avenue. I'm going to be living forever. I am alive. I'm alive in Christ. 
That's why I'm able to get up and speak like I am today. I'm 63 years old. You think I want to live a day without Christ? You go and... I won't talk like the way I used to. I won't talk like that old Aboriginal from way back because that old nature's still there in us. But I'm not going to say... Somebody got up to me the other day and said, I'll knock your head off. And I looked at him. He's about six foot one, six two. And I said, you... You could knock the skin off a sausage. What are you going on about? <laughs> Take him to a barbecue and he wouldn't better knock the skin off a sausage to eat it fast enough. Old Blackpool, I seen guzzle it down. We can talk like that because it's Christ in us. You know, we don't live in fear. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We see things by faith. Somebody said to me, you haven't got a buck to your name. I said, well, is there a problem? <laughs> I know they think I'm insane, you know what I mean? But what a way to go, isn't it? They said, you're going over to Melbourne. I said, well, I've got a full tank. What's your problem? I've got 20 bucks to buy McDonald's down there at Murray Bridge when I get that far. They said, how are you going to get to Melbourne, you idiot? You're running a petrol around about Horsham. I said, my God. He says, he'll meet all my needs. According. You know the word according? The Commonwealth Bank, the NAB Bank, the ANZ Bank, the Bendigo Bank, they've all got so much in the bank. But my God, these riches are according to. And in the translation of the New Testament, that means it's not out of his riches, because if it's out of his riches, he's only got so much. But according to that, he just, he's just writing out checks for every one of his sons and daughters that trust him. Amen? Is there an amen in the... Is there somebody that knows that Christ operates like that? He's the same yesterday, today... And forever. I was staying with a millionaire for a big part of the... And I mean a multi-millionaire. Just recently. I was staying with one of the richest fellows in the Dandenong uh, Rangers and the Yarra Rangers. I'm not going to mention their name because the emphasis is on Christ. It's not on them. But God touched that man to look after me. I was in Adelaide... Old Adelaide, you know, I went to America, so they call it Adelaide, and I always like that little statement. I was in Adelaide, and one of my Christian brothers said to me, you need a new car, Brother Edmund. I said, yeah, well, uh, have you got the gift of giving? And he said, yeah, I have. I said, well, I've got the gift of receiving, Brother. <laughs> I said, I could do with a new car. <laughs> I know I'm an idiot. <laughs> But anyway, he said, I'll pray for you, brother, and he left, it on, left me on standby, you know what I mean? And I thought about the new car, because it got the old, uh, what do you call it, the old Commodore, the old beat-up Commodore, you know, with a bit of a bash in the side door, there would, somebody hit me along the road and all that. And anyhow, about a month later, one of my nephews, who happens to be wealthy, like, uh, like he's got about 50 or 60 people working for him, so to me and everybody else, we'd say he's pretty wealthy, you know what I mean? And he, he, he said, Uncle, I want to show you something. We go into his house and he, he said, I want you to sell this car for me. 
And I looked at it, and Mercedes Benz, you know what I mean? And I said, why? He said, you know Christian people. None of these blacks can afford it. He said, but you know Christians. You're going over to Melbourne. You, you can do it. I said, well, if it's the Lord's will. So I drove the car over to Melbourne and got a freebie out of him. You know, <laughs> you know dove over and back. And I said, nobody brought it. He said, what did you buy it off me, uncle? I said, look, I couldn't rub two pennies together. You know what I mean? I said, I'm waiting on uh, my next couple of bucks from the Lord. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, uncle. He said, because you've helped me in my life and you've given me some good advice on business things. Like, I didn't know that. He said, I'm going to give you the car on credit. I said, no, I can't take it. I can't take that car. He said, I only want 10 grand. He said, for somebody else, I want 15, but I'll give it to you for 10. And I said, will you take a life payment? <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said to me, no, your God will pay the money. And he gave me the car. He registered it for me. That's the car out there that I drove in. So if anybody thinks I'm a part of the aristocracy, remember, <laughs> I'm only a part of the almighty. I couldn't rub two pennies together. But the guy gave me the car, and since I've been here in Melbourne, I've sent him $4,000. Because God is what? No man's debtor. Amen? He was good enough to give me the car... On credit, I'm good enough to give him what Christ gives me. And I've given him $4,000. And he said, oh, gee, you're better than the people that I deal with. <laughs> you see, God will meet all of our needs. Now, why am I telling you this? Do I want to punch on my own record with you? Yes, I do. I want to punch on this truth to you that Jesus, my Lord, and your Lord, He's alive and he's powerful and his word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen? Be there at that Bible study next Wednesday night. Be there at that church business meeting. Be there when you knock that snag off from its barbie there and you say, yeah, you could knock the skin off a sausage. Well, you will eat that sausage and enjoy it. God is good to us. God is not only good to me. I don't know why he's giving me the car. But you know what? I'm certainly enjoying driving around in it. I even feel like a white man now. <laughs> one guy, he said, where's your car? I want to put petrol in. I said, it's just out there, the grey one. He said, there's three greys. He said, and I've been to your two and none of them are there. I said, well, maybe you've been to the wrong car. And he said, yours is not the Mercedes, is it? <laughs> now, I'm only, I'm only saying this because God is good. And look, if I didn't, I've never had it in my life, so it's no big deal now. It's just that I'm getting the, the privilege of feeling what it's like to drive around the car like my son that drove a few years ago. And like my son, somebody might have, Said, yeah, same name, yeah, that's my son. He used to play football. I signed him up with the Essendon Football Club. I'm unobliged to say how much I signed him up because he sacked me three years later. <laughs> but I signed him up for the first one and I, God's grace, set him up on the journey. He had a little, he had a little daughter on the 18th two days ago and he sent me an SMS in Melbourne 
same dad, we've got Posey Theodora in the family. And I said, well, praise his mighty name. And I was able to pray with him. I was able to tell the son, God is good to me. Oh, what love I see. Jesus as a lamb was slain. He delivered me, came and set me free. Lord of all, he rose again. I was able to share that with my son that the Lord's risen. You see, he's been in the football things ever since he went away from the faith. But we're still telling him the faith which is once and for all delivered under the saints, that's what's going to save you, Gavin. It's not the AFL, it's the Almighty. Amen? Amen. Let's hope we all get with the Almighty. Oh. The Word of God, I'm going to finish on this. The law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. Are you sensed that it all belongs to the Lord? Amen. You see? The law of the Lord is life. The principles of the Lord, they rejoice the heart. The testimony of the Lord, the witness of the Lord enlightens the eyes. One person died the other week. And the pastor, the preacher, got up. It was a state funeral for this Aboriginal person in Adelaide, somebody about 83 years of age. Never, ever walked into the house of God. Denies God. And one young fellow, who's the pastor of the church, he gets up and he says, she made her peace with God. She's with the Lord. I want to tell you all, there's no peace for the wicked. There's no peace for the ungodly. If you want peace with God, the book of Romans says you have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he got up and a few of the Christians sent him a little APB. You know the APB that they put out on the fellows, the criminals and that? Miami Vice and all that, they send them little stories, they get, get this person... They sent the text message to him saying, you hypocrite. She went to hell. She didn't love God. You can't tell me 83 years. Now, I know, I know that somebody can get saved on their deathbed. Now, I'm not saying with God things are impossible. I'm not saying that. God can save and he does save people. But don't bank on it when you hear the word of God. When you hear the word of God for 60 or 70 years of God and you think he might save you on the last day, I'm saying to you he might. But don't bank on it. Because the volume of the word of the Lord is loud and clear when it first comes. Today is the day of salvation. But if you reject God, the volume of God's voice gets lower and lower and lower until you hear all the sounds of ACDC. You hear all the sounds of 
all the famous singers, Adele and everybody else. And the sounds of the gospel become deaf to your ears. I'm saying that, and I know that. So if you get saved on your deathbed, praise his mighty name. But don't bank on it. You get saved while you hear the voice of the Lord loud and clear. Look at this here. This is a joke. Okay. And the brother said, sock it too. you got an hour, babe. What's the time, man? I, I don't want to be rude, but I haven't got a watch. 7 to 12. What time do we normally go to brunch? 7 to 12. We've got seven minutes. Do you know the word seven? Here's another one. <laughs> That's the number of God. There's seven churches. There's seven trumpets. There's seven messengers of God. So we've got seven minutes. You've got as much as you like. In Christian terminology, we've got an ocean full of material and we've got an ocean full of time to do it in. Amen? All right, then. Let's buckle our seat. Well, there's results. There's results to the word of God. The law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is complete. You can't add to the law of the Lord. You can't take from the law of God. It's perfect. It converts the soul, I shared you. The word convert means to transform. It means to refresh. It means to change. It changes the prostitute's life. It changes the drug addict's life. It changes the criminal's life. It changes good people's lives. And it makes them Christian people. It changed my life. Oh, let's keep going. The testimony of the Lord is sure. It makes wise the simple. How's this one for you? The, the testimony of the Lord makes wise the simple. Look at that scripture. The word simple it is a Hebrew word. And, oh, you simple ones, it says in the Old Testament. Oh, you people with the brains of the open door. You don't know what to keep in. You don't know what to keep out. Your brain is like an open door. It lets everything in and lets everything out. God will teach you to close the door on the wicked things. God will teach you to close the door on the immoral things. God will teach you to close the door on the love of money. Nothing wrong with money, but the love of money is the root of all wickedness. You see, people that love money, they love it more than they love God. That's why God finds it abomination. It's an abomination. It's an abominable. Oh, you people with the brains of the open door. You don't know what to keep in. You don't know what to keep out. Oh, I should have preached this, Lord, instead of talking all the time. I'm supposed to be preaching, not talking. Oh, where are we? The testimony of the Lord, it makes what it can take an idiot. The word of God can take an idiot like me. And hopefully you might say, I'm not going to say it, but you might say he's, a, he's not an idiot anymore. The word of God can take an idiot and make that person wise. You want to get wise, young people? You want a bit of cashola in the pocket? You want, you want the Allen wallet in the back pocket? 
you the wisdom. One girl, she said to me, I want to be a doctor. I said, well, be a doctor that loves God. She said, why? I said, God will make you the best doctor. <laughs> I hope she believes me because God will do it. Amen? And God will do that for you, you young people. If you're an accountant, if you're a policeman, if you're a, any professional, if, if you're a footballer, God took my son and he made him a champion. Everywhere we go, when I go with him, there's a, oh, gee wangity, gee wangity. And I say, oh, what about he? <laughs> what about me? <laughs> Some people have all the breaks. I'm not one of them. Oh, well, I know I'm an idiot, but let's keep... Well, I'm an idiot, but he's made me wise. The commandment of the Lord is pure. The commandment of the Lord is... Notice something pure from impure. God makes... God's making my life pure. And you know, brothers and sisters, I come from a wicked background. I'm a pagan. I was a pagan. There is no God. God is dead. Let's eat and drink and let's, let's do all those immoral things. Let's go to the party. And what are we going to do at the party? We're going to do immoral things because when we've drunk the alcohol, it's going to lead us to immorality. But when you come to Jesus and you start drinking the new wine, he changed the water into wine. He changed the water into wine, John chapter 2. And what did the governor of the feast add a drink? Oh, he saved the best for the last. You'll save your life to make it last. You won't just grow old. You will grow up in Christ. I'm not growing old. <laughs> the outer man is perishing, but what, brother? In the man. man's being renewed daily. Hallelujah. Lifted up was he to die. It is finished was his cry. Now in heaven exalted I. Hallelujah. What a saviour. When he comes, our glorious king with his ransom home to bring. Then in you the song you and I and everybody else that loves him will sing. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Oh, well, must have one minute left. <laughs> oh, gee, goes, Lord, there's so much here, I haven't even shared it. I'm coming to the end now. Well, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, this is the way you get to love the Lord, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You can't buy, the proverb says you can't buy wisdom. You can't write up a check like um, the rich people of the world and say, I'll have that. You can't buy that. Wisdom comes from God. And you know what the word wisdom means? It's educated science. It's illuminated knowledge. It's intellectual, spiritual property. It all comes from God. Why not we? I, I listened to this little girl singing just a while ago and I felt like going down the back. You know why? 
she sings like a dove. She sings like a glorious singer. And I sing tenor. You know what that means, doesn't it? I sing ten or eleven miles away from this young girl. <laughs> she just puts me to shame. The, the fear of the Lord. Let me close the meeting by saying this, and I'll close from God's word. The word of God is to be desired more than gold. The word of God is more precious than anything that you can attain. It's sweeter than the honeycomb. It's the sweetest thing in this world that can be given to anybody that is alive in it. Moreover, the word of God is a warning to all of us. And if you keep God's word, there will be great reward. Oh, mate, throw the paper away when it's that time. I'm not even going to pray, brother. I'm going to pick up my paper and I'm going to let you close the meeting. Thank you.